I'm Heidi. I'm Heather. And we're sisters. This is the H&H Show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the H&H Hour. We are so glad that you have joined us today. We are excited to be back recording. And Heidi, I am extra excited because it's been a long time. It's been, um, has it been pre-COVID since we've had guests? No, it hasn't. Oh. It's just we took our summer Oh, the sabbatical. Break. And so it's been pre-summer since we've had pre-summer. guests. Pre-summer. Okay. Because we didn't do any recording during our sabbatical. Right. Well, the months blur together. 2020 <laughs> just blurs together into this like blob. Of... The, what, what a unique choice of words. 2020 blurred together. Ha ha. Ha ha. Okay. But it really has. You're right. It, it feels in a sense like it has been five years, the year of 2020. It and then in a sense, it sort of feels like it. we just started it. You it know? really does. Mm-hmm. My family and I went to Hawaii in January. And I'm not kidding you. That feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. I can't even remember what it feels like. A lot has transpired it has. in this sweet little year of 2020. Yes. Oh, 2020. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you are listening today and you've clicked on our show, we are so excited to have you here. Thank yeah. you for listening. Thank you for showing up. Um, we just really pray that today's conversation encourages you. This is a dear friend of ours. I'm actually going to let you introduce okay. our dear friend. Yeah. So go for it. So Heather, I think the thing that excites me about today is we actually have two people that are going to be in studio, back-to-back guests. Both of them, God is used in really significant ways in our lives, in totally different ways. But um, I am just excited to have these conversations because it highlights the importance of God using relationship to point us on the right path and to encourage us and to uplift us. So our first guest is a dear friend of mine who I've known for a few years now, and I'm going to let her introduce herself here in a second. But leading up to this, first of all, she has got this, she doesn't like her voice on air, but she has got this beautiful voice, this amazing, just gorgeous dialect that I could sit and listen to all the time. Sometimes I'm listening to her and I just get lost in the fact that her voice sounds so cool and unique. And that's how part of how God wired her. Yeah. And so I know that you're going to enjoy listening to my sweet friend, Marjan. Marjan, welcome Hi, to the H&H thank Show. thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you. Okay, so I know you quite well, and Heather knows you fairly well also, but our listeners do not. And so before we jump into all of the things and all of the conversations, will you give our listeners a little heads up on who you are? Yeah, sure. So my name is Marjan, as Heidi said, and um, I grew up in Iran or Iran, as most people say that. <laughs> so. Is it only Americans who say Iran? Iran, yes. Tell us yes. how to say it. Iran. Iran. Yes. Iran. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. So um, uh, my mom is actually American. And uh, she met my dad in university while my dad was studying here. He's uh, Iranian. He came here a long time ago to study and they met and they got married. And a year before Iran revolution, they moved to to Iran and they lived there. And um, so I was born in Iran to an American mom and Iranian dad. I Lived there up until I was 20 years old. I got married three weeks before I immigrated here. <laughs> and we came um, here with my husband, Arash. And uh, we've been living here for um, a little less than 
14 years and now we have two little boys one is seven and the other is five Kian and Shayan. and this year you stepped into a totally new role yes which tell us about that briefly so um homeschooling yes. homeschooling is very new for me uh, well at first when I came here and I heard people homeschooling no offense to anyone who is homeschooling for me because it's a a new concept I was like why would people do that like we don't have homeschooling in Iran so I was uh, just uh, amazed like why would you do that kids need to go to school and all this kind of stuff until I had my own kids and then I was <laughs> like well it's a very good idea their kids want and I need them in my life and I was like uh, thinking about like doing it and then I didn't have the confident that I can do it and I guess COVID was one of the reasons that we just decided to keep the boys at home and I homeschool and the, the reason that I homeschooled is because I don't want them to go through the whole drama of wearing the mask and wonder they're open wonder they're closed and like thinking about online I just thought just keeping them at home it will help to like um what they call it keep them like uh, in routine in routine yeah. and emotionally like keep them safe emotionally mostly so yeah that's okay let's go back that's that, that's great about homeschooling because <laughs> we can relate yes to we homeschooling can. um we can talk about that more later but let's go back to three weeks before you immigrated to the united states you got married yes did you know when you got married that you were moving to the United States that quickly? Yes. Yeah, so I, I will go back two years before that. Okay. I wasn't quite 18 and I was thinking that I want to come to the States to study. And um, I my sister had a very good friend who she was engaged at the time and they were talking. She was talking about her uh, fiance about um, she know like I'm gonna go and he knew at the time I didn't know Arash he knew Arash and Arash at the time he was trying to get his IELTS or TOEFL and to come to Canada either Canada or to America to get his PhD and so he told him that I know this girl that she's going to America and she's American. So maybe you should meet her and get married and come here. <laughs> and at first when I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, they're so rude. What do you mean? Like, doing that? And so I was like so mad. So I told my sister that I will meet this guy named Arash and I'm just going to tell him like, just put him in his place because like why he's expecting from a girl to do something like this. So we met and we were like, oh my God, love at first sight, I'm going to say from Pauline. <laughs> and he proposed to me after three days of knowing each other. Three days? Three days, yes. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I'm so happy this is coming out. Actually love at first sight. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So after three months, we got engaged and we just stayed engaged. After a year of knowing each other, we got married, but it was like going to just on the paper we were married because we, we needed to do his paperwork. Uh, and then that was in October. 
uh, and then a year and three months later, we had our wedding ceremony. But in that uh, a year and three months that we were uh, like married on the paper, we still lived at our parents' house and we just acted like we were engaged. And then um, we got married and we knew that we were coming. So after the wedding, he went to his house and I went back to my house for three weeks. <laughs> and then Hold on. Got- Tell us why. Why for three weeks? It was the reason was that um, like did the love at first sight wear off? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason was that we were coming here and um, Arash's mother, especially, she was like really upset because because Arash was like going to another country and we never we didn't know like when we'll get to see each other again and she was just really upset and we decided for the these three weeks we will just stay home and just love on our family and it it was like a final goodbye we didn't want it to like okay we're married bye we're not gonna talk with you guys for three weeks we just wanted to stay close with family and just that was really selfless Mm -hmm. to do that yeah i mean i think about people now here that get married and it's like all about them for the in before the wedding and after the wedding and yeah you know that wow that's really amazing yeah was that a weird feeling, waking up each morning thinking, oh my goodness, I am married and I'm leaving this country in a few weeks? It was uh, it was bittersweet because we wanted to come here. We're excited. We knew like this is where we want to start our life. But then at the same time, it was really hard because we're leaving like all the people that we love behind. Yeah. So it was something in the middle. Like yes. we're excited, but then at the same time sad about it so how many years have you been married now okay that's you have to ask Arash that because I always forget <laughs> okay while you think I have to tell the funniest story okay. that I think of wedding anniversaries so Marzana's Mar- <laughs> like oh no we are close friends and you text me a while back and you said girl oh my goodness I completely forgot that my anniversary was last week <laughs> and I responded I was like wait what does this mean Arash forgot as well? And you were like, yes, he did. You both had forgotten your yeah, wedding anniversary. Twice. Twice. <laughs> You've done it years twice. We've done it twice. One, one time I was reminded by my friend in India. That is my, she, she texted me, literally texted me, happy anniversary. I'm like looking at myself. Oh my God, it's today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and every woman listening right now is like, oops, I better not give my husband a hard time next time. Yeah, I, I forget. We were at a store shopping for a drink and the lady asked us, like, oh, are you just getting married? And I said, no, we have been married for, I don't know, 10 years now. And the lady asked me, when is your wedding anniversary? And I just gave her a date. And I looks at me and says, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but to be fair, you got married, like we would say, by the courthouse, like on paper. Yeah. Then you were apart and then... You know what I mean? Like that you have a lot of dates there floating a, a around lot, within yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of dates. And so. I just get it mixed up because I get the date when we came here, uh, like mixed up with sure. the, our yeah. wedding anniversary. Yeah. Well, we have been married for 13 and a half years. In January, it will be 14 years. Okay. So. Okay. So what happened when you came here? Where did you land and what did you start doing? Okay. So when we came here... Um, my mom has a big family. She's um, one of one of twelve kids, 
and they have a big, big family in Michigan and some in uh, Pennsylvania. And um, when we came, we came to Michigan and uh, we went to Adrian, Michigan. It's like three thirty thousand population, which was a big uh, cultural shock for for us because we came from capital of Iran at the time. 13 years ago, it was like 12 million population. So yes. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a big culture big shock. So, yeah. yeah, big change. So we came there and we stayed with my brother for two, three months and then with my aunt for another three months in Michigan. And then we found a job here in Peoria and we've been here ever since. Were you in school? Did you come to school here or were you finished with school? No, I, I started... Um, university there and I went there for two terms then we came here and then it took me almost a year after we came here that I started for like two years in ICC and then I transferred to um, University of Illinois in Champaign. Okay and you are an architect? Yes. Yes. That's what the paper says. Okay, so... Uh, Wait, can I tell a quick story yes, about that? Yes, please, go for One it. of my favorite... You know what I'm going to say about Haiti, right? Yes. One of my favorite <laughs> memories is when Marjan and Arash were on a trip with some people in our church. We went to Haiti, and the goal of the trip was to build this um, medical facility, medical clinic, uh, for this organization. And so you've got all of these men out there, and they're all trying to figure out all of the blueprints and how to lift these giant what were they trusses yeah up to build the roof and without all of our equipment here that we would build within the states very very difficult minimal tools yeah and just there's sweet marjan and all of a sudden she's like well i can probably help i'm an architect (laughs) and it was just like silent (laughs) people people were like what did you just say so there's all these men and then Marjan, yes, up on the top of the building, helping give advice and helping build this facility. It was, it was like the most awesome women empowerment, women's boss, like boss babe I've ever seen. Well, and it's so fun because she's like a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. So like you know, helping construct this. I was back home because I I didn't go because of my little ones, and um, I get this text. I don't remember who the text came from, but it was a text of a photo of you and your husband and one of the other gentlemen, and you're up on the top of a truss, just like working away. And I wasn't surprised one ounce, because that's who you are. You jump in, you help get the job done, and you are, you're a worker. Thank you. That's cool. I tried to help. The guys were so nice to me. It's like, can I help? And they just looked at me, well, I don't know. So I was like, okay, all right, you need to give me some things to do so they know I'm capable of like <laughs> I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not just saying this. Oh my goodness. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome to see. Thank you. Well, I just think I, I, every time I'm with you, I hear more of your story unfold and more things that make me go, wait, what, what did you, how in the world? So I'm, we're going to talk a little bit later about how we became friends, but what was the biggest cultural change other than, you know, the population of going from a massive city to what you would probably consider like a very small town feel? What was the biggest cultural shift for you going from Iran to Michigan at the time? Okay. So before we 
I answer this question. I just want to say that uh, just like us uh, as a person that we have, we have good habits and we have bad habits or, um, yeah, good habits and bad habits. Uh, it's the same way with a country. Like America has good cultures, bad cultures. Iran has good culture and bad culture. So if I say something, it's not to like if like to say like Iran is very good or it's very bad or vice versa. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. uh, like point that out. So my first cultural shock it was like how people they dress like they are dressed so laid back. And in Iran, like, we have, like, so many different type of clothes for, like, different type of stuff that we do. Like, we have special clothes when we go out to just shop. We have special clothes that we wear in the house. We have special clothes if we go to school. So at first, that was a big shock to me, like, how people are laid back. And when I started going to, like, the college... I was shocked when people would come in with pajamas. Like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> that shocks why? me too. Yes. So that was like one of the big shocks. I remember, um, I think it was Easter party that my aunt had, or maybe not. But I remember like they invited us over and me and Orash like, Orash wore a tie because it's a party. Like <laughs> we go there and, and I was like all oh, dressed up, makeup, and we go there and oh my god, everybody just sitting in their jeans, like everyday clothes, and we felt so embarrassed and out <laughs> of place. So th- that was like one of the biggest things. I I kind of learned to like keep stuff as a minimal when I go out now. And that was one thing that shocked me a lot. And another thing that really, really shocked me, I was like when you enter a place and you say hi, and like two out of 10 people just answers you. That was the biggest thing. I felt like so uneasy. However, now it's just like, okay, that's how it is. Yeah. Tell us how it would be different in Iran. So, like, if you enter a room and there's, like, people and you say hi, everybody's sitting, they get up, and they start shaking your hand. And if they're a lady, like, they kiss the lady and the guys, they kiss each other mm-hmm. um, on the cheek. And we hug, and, like, everybody stands. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't say hi, that, like, is the rudest person in the wow. room. So that's how we are used to it. and. And at first, it was like a very big shock for me. I love that because that's where our family is a very huggy family. I mean, for instance, if you see each other on the same day, you hug both times, Mm -hmm. like at church and later at the dinner you're hanging out at. Or if someone comes comes in the room, you know, is newly come into the room yeah, from not just the bathroom or like the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) You stand up every time. (laughs) But if they're just coming in, you know, everyone greets everyone. I love that. But I, you're right, Marjan. That's not how it, how it happens. No, normally often it's not. It it is not uncommon to feel unimportant when you enter a room. I, I would agree with that. So what, um, for you then transitioning your, you go from your newlywed yeah. What was that like learning to live with a spouse and in a new country? That's a lot in one small amount of time. Yeah, I think uh, just, uh, yeah, you're right. We're newly with, but then at the same time, we're somewhere that we don't know people that much. Uh, I mean, like my aunts, I never met them until I came here in my entire life. And 
just the fact that we knew each other for two years, we spe- like talk the same language and we have the same culture and stuff. It was like very comforting. And just then it, it just like, it just helped us to have this unity and like, okay, we're here. We have to help each other. It doesn't matter. Like we have lots of differences uh, here. If I don't help you, Arash, or if you don't help me here, uh, we're not like, we're not doing each other a favor, I guess mm-hmm. that's what I want to say. And uh, it's it just early on we learn to, like, w- we are a family. We have to work this together. So that was, I think, it just made us stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then how long from that point until you ended up in Peoria? Well, remind me what that time frame was. Six months. Six months. Yeah. Okay. And then you've been here since. Yeah. Ever since. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how we met real quick because we met here in Peoria. Yeah. So talk to us about that. Since we came here, we we had some friends and we had dear friends, uh, an Iranian couple that they lived to street uh, from our old house and they, uh, they moved to Philadelphia and another friend to... The Sharavani, the wife, was Indian and her husband was American. And they went to back to India to as a minister, minister job. So they went there. And since then, we're like always alone. And no matter how much I, I, I searched, I couldn't find anybody. And uh, so we moved to this new house. And I was just praying for a friend. Like, I need a friend. God, just give me a friend. And... We come here, and a few months after we moved to the house, you guys moved into the house. <laughs> right across the street. Right across the street, yeah, exactly. And um, compared to me and Arash, Arash is the chattier one, the friendlier one. Usually I'm more shy. I probably see people and say hi. Other than that, I, I won't like, go try to be friends with people. And Arash and Heidi, of course, both of them, <laughs> opposite of me, they, they started talking to each other, and that's how our friendship started, yeah. Yeah, so I remember walking up to him, we kind of met in the middle of the road, and I shook his hand, and he said, hi, I am Mike. <laughs> and it was like literally the last name I ever expected to come out of his mouth. And I said, oh, it's very nice to meet you. I said, I did not expect you to say that your name was Mike. And he laughed, and he said, well... That's the American name I go by because no one can pronounce my name. And so we said, okay, well, what is your given name? What did they call you, you know, in Iran? And he said, Arash. And so that's what we've always called him. I did not know that story. We've (laughs) never referred to him as Mike. Do people at work call him Mike? No. He has this idea that uh, if you want to be remembered, give an American name and then people will remember you. But if you say Marjan or Arash, people will not remember like your name and it just makes it difficult. However, it's very, and he tells me you should go place and say your name is Morgan. And I do agree. Morgan. (laughs) If I call to order pizza, yes, Morgan is just easier. Like what's your name, Morgan? So I do that. I, I remember that and I do that. However, when I meet people in like to be friends with, it's just I cannot say Morgan. Yeah. Because it's not me. Right. It still makes me laugh. Every now and then I'll just slip in a like a mic just for the giggle of it, you know? <laughs> I love that. Isn't so that funny? awesome? I did not know that story. So we ended up chatting. We stood there and talked for a while and yeah. Kip came out and you came out. And I thought that you you seemed incredibly shy. We left the conversation. I thought, well, this is going to be an interesting neighbor because I'm pretty sure she hates me. No, no, <laughs> I, was, I was just too shy. 
Isn't it true that you thought I was the babysitter? Oh, okay. This is a totally different story. So <laughs> at, at our neighborhood, your old one, we have block parties. And yeah. see, when I see people, if I don't stare at them like really deeply, if I see them another time, I forget their face. And we went to the block party and I... We talked the other day, but I was probably so shy. I didn't even look at your face completely. So we go there and I saw you with Collins on like, you were swinging her. And I saw, and I'm like, oh, she's so cute. She's so pretty. I just love what you were wearing, like everything about you. Oh, good. I was dressed, was I dressed okay for the occasion? Yes, you were. Okay, good. Great. Good. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) to hear that. So you see, you were one of the ones that dressed so good and it just caught my eye, you know, mm-hmm. like you were dressed so cute and everything about you was like, oh my God, I just like, like everything about her. And you, you were with Collins and at that time it just in my mind came like, she's so young, she, she doesn't have a kid. So, and then Kep came and I was like, okay, oh, they're a couple, so probably this. And then you came and told me, oh, we, we need to leave because one of the kids are like, it needs to go to the bathroom. I'm like, why is she even talking to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not recognize you are our neighbor. Yeah. And then Arsh came and she said, and he asked me, what, what did, did she say? I said, she said, I'm going to go to the bathroom, but why is she talking to me? And she said, well, well there are neighbors, like seriously. <laughs> So now I love to tease her <laughs> that I'm just the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the story because it makes me feel really young. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that so much. Yes. So we had we had a very good time being neighbors, didn't we? We were neighbors oh, yes. about two and a half years. About half years. Two yeah. years. Are and you still mad at her for moving? I You can be. I was mad at her for moving <laughs> the first time. I was sad, but then I had to, sit, to mm-hmm. tell myself, you know... Th- that's where you wanted to be. And since you're happy, I'm happy too. So, but I do miss you guys. That's yeah. a good friend. Well, but it was cool because when we moved, I've told this story on the podcast. So listeners, if you heard it, bear with me. We moved to that home um, after a severe break-in in a previous home. Yeah. And so God used that little cul-de-sac and that home as a place for me to heal from fear and like a little oasis. And it was interesting because we became friends very quickly and you are the type of friend you don't ever say, well, just let me know what you need when something hard is going on. You just show up. You show up with food. You show up with a gift. You show up with kindness. And you did that to me multiple times over the years of living next door to you. You would just show up. And we even got to the point where, um, you know, one day I was in the middle of baking and I text and I said, oh my goodness, I'm out of completely out of butter. And you said, well, I'm not home, but go in my garage and open the fridge and get some butter, you know? And so that was the friendship that God built there. And I think the unique thing is that, um, the week we moved in, I actually was going through some grief for having moved from a home I loved, moving further away from my sisters, even though it was still only 12 minutes, but it used to be two and a half. And so there was some grief happening. I was, you know, overcoming fear. And I pulled into the subdivision one day and out loud, I was alone. I said, God, why do you have me here? And I so clearly felt him say to me, I've placed you here for the people. And I thought, okay, well, if God has a purpose for me in being here, then I'm all in. 
I'm going to be so happy to be here and I'm going to be so content and I'm going to love this place. And I really did. I really loved the place. And in the meantime, in the same time, you were praying, God, I need a friend. And so I think it's so important to talk about the fact that when we pray, God really does create answers for us. Mm -hmm. You know, I was praying for healing from fear. You were praying for a friend and God merged our worlds. And even though we're not neighbors anymore, we're still friends. Our children are friends. Our husbands are friends. The four of us all get along, which is unusual for two couples to all mesh. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that God did that. I love that he used, even though I was only there a short season, which we knew it would be short, but um, he did that and he was so gracious. Yeah, I do agree that it was like, I, as you said, it was like you wanted to be here, be there for a short time, but it's just, it's amazing how just God works, like just brought you to that neighborhood to have us to meet each other, be friends, and then just moving out, you know, it's it's just amazing how God works and does stuff. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I think for me, the point was just don't doubt God. You know, it's so easy, I think, sometimes to doubt the steps he's taking us on and to think, well, what's the point of this? This feels like a detour, yeah. you know, um, or like a pause. And yet God was so involved to know we needed each other. Our families needed each other. Your boys needed friends. You know, it was, yes, uh, yeah. it was a total God thing. Yeah. So you are a good friend. You're a very sweet friend. And I want you to know that on a public forum. Thank you. You're <laughs> my sweet friend too. Thanks, girl. <laughs> Okay, I would like to talk a little bit about your relationship with Jesus and how you found Jesus and what your faith looks like, because I know that's a a story that's really special to you, um, but involves some some hard things too, some some things, some challenges. Let's say that. So tell us about your faith journey. Okay, so as I said, I was raised in Iran. Um, my dad was a Muslim, and in Iran, I think. I don't know the statistics, but I think 98%, 99% of the Iranians are probably Muslim now. They either practice it or they don't, but they call themselves Muslim. So, um, yeah, my my religion was Islam. However, when I moved here and I still said I'm a Muslim, I never wore the veil and even though they say do not drink, occasionally we would drink. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like the set stone religion, like do everything the right way. So um I got to a point in my life after uh, I had Kion um that everything was like really dark and you know, stuff happens in life, and I, I was like, I had to be bedrested with Kion for three months, and I j- just was fresh out of school. I was looking for a job, and I had to be bedrested, and it was really hard on me because I had this dream that I'm gonna be work as an architect, and everything is uh, like I'm gonna be one of the best architects in the world, and all this kind of stuff, and all of a sudden that. It, the dream collapsed just because like, I got pregnant and then I had to be bedrested so I couldn't actively look for a job at that time and I and at that time I just realized you know I cannot find it probably find a job in Peoria because the recession was happening and it's a smaller city no room for growth for architect here you have to go to a bigger city 
So then I had some family problems and stuff like that. And I was in a very, very dark place. I just, I needed someone or something to just pull me out of that dark place. So, and I, I didn't have any friends at the time too. So I would go to a church um, for mops, the moms of preschooler. And at each table that we were there, at each table they had like a older woman uh, who had like grown kids and they would like lead the table like give you encouragement and stuff and I am as I I'm so shy that I would go sit there for two hours and I would not speak I would just listen to see what everybody had and it was a nice way to just get out of, out of the house someone take care of your kids for two hours or months yeah. and it was just nice to get out and something in me, it was keep telling me I need to get closer to the table leader, Joyce. And uh, maybe I should just tell her the story of my life. Maybe I should like ask her for help. Or maybe I should just uh, tell her to come and I just tell, like talk to her and that will help me. So one day I found the courage and I emailed her and I told her, Joyce, I really need to talk with someone and can you like put aside the time for me to come and talk so she 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 was like so great and she said yeah I will come and talk with you so she came one day and I I just talked and I talked and I talked this is the problem this is like this is like that and I had lots of like problem of forgiving people like forgiveness and my I'm forgiving myself not people I feel mostly I was like just forgiving myself for the mistakes that I made and she she said, well, you know, uh, let me think and see how can I help you. Well, like, oh, like forgiving yourself and all this kind of stuff. And, and she, she is a very godly person. So the next time that we met, she brought all the Bible verses about like forgiveness. Like God says this and you have to do that. And just, like <laughs> she told me so much. And from that on, like we started like meeting once a week and just talking and talking and talking and and it just got to the point like, you know, Jesus is the way I need to do it. So, yeah, I converted to be a Christian. I think it was like four or five years ago. And, um, yeah, I, I practice uh, Christianity and Arash does not. That's, uh, as you mentioned, that's the difference between me and Arash. So. I, I think that, well, many people listening can relate and it may be a very different way but to a tr a story of finding Jesus and I think oftentimes it does start in a very desperate place yeah. a place of darkness or a place of an inability to forgive yourself for something I think that it is so important for the thing I I hear every time I hear you tell this story is how Joyce was there for you yeah how she said yes to somebody in need. And I think as a leader, it could have been easy for her to be like, well, you're just one of a bunch of ladies at my table and I don't have the time or the cycles to do much for you. But she didn't. She paused and she took time for you and she shared the gospel with you. And she forever changed your life Yeah, she did. by introducing Jesus to you. Yeah, And I think it is so important for us for myself and all of us that are listening to remember the power that we have within us when we know Jesus, that it's life altering for people. Yeah. 
And when someone has the courage, as you said, to ask us for help, that we take the time to help them because we have no idea what God's going to allow us to do in their life. And I want you to know, first of all, you know, you've mentioned that you felt very shy, but you had the boldness to reach out for help. And that is so key. And that's so crucial. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of you for that. But I'm also proud of you because you have stuck with it when it has gotten difficult. Mm -hmm. You haven't just um, thrown in the towel on Christianity, if you will, or when conflict comes because you have one set of faith and your husband has another set of faith beliefs. You have continued to better yourself, to understand who Jesus is, to read God's word. And I'll never forget one day you text me and you said, I, I had just moved maybe about a month or so before that. And you said, I just have this strong, strong desire to talk about Jesus today. Yeah. And so we FaceTimed and we talked about Jesus. And it hit me that that's how we all need to be, is here you are, you've known Jesus four or five years, and you're pursuing him, and you're finding out more of who he is without the support of a spouse. As I don't mean that, that he's not supportive. I mean in the sense that you don't have the same faith. So it's not as if he is like, you know, you're not relying on him to teach you who Jesus is. You're having yeah. to seek it out yourself. Right. Um, but the other thing you've done that I've been impressed by is you've been so faithful to be in church and to learn under a church setting and under leaders who can teach you more about who Jesus is. Yeah. And I believe that's part of why you are um, experiencing success is the wrong word. Growth is mm -hmm. the right word in your relationship with Jesus is because you're putting the work in. So good job. Thank you. <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said about you had a hard time forgiving yourself because I think so many people struggle with that, whether they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. So before you knew Jesus, you said you had a hard time forgiving yourself for things that you had done. And what did that look like after you met Jesus? It Was it, were you able to walk through some of that forgiveness? Is it still something you constantly are having to work through? Well, at first, uh, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't like, okay, I I believe in Jesus and bam, all of a sudden, like right. everything is gone. We're all good now. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I had, I had to work a long, long time to just forget pe forgive people, you know, not to forget what happened, just to forgive what happened, understand, yeah. or just accept like, well, th that's how that person is. So I'm going to accept what they're doing. And it's hard because like sometimes you have people that is it's not like a friend that you say, okay, well, if I saw, the, I see them like 12 times a year, well, I would just see them once a year. And if they hurt, I would just... It's okay. I, I won't see them even that one time. It's like you have family members, you have relatives that sometimes they say stuff and it just hurts. Yeah. And it, it took me a long time to just like look past it or like right now, sometimes when I get like so upset or frustrated, I just like say, just pray. I go, I go in the corner and just pray like, Jesus, I can, I cannot take this is all yours. Like you take it. And at, at that point, I just feel peace. I couldn't do that before, even after I mm -hmm. 
uh, known Jesus. It just took me a long time. Mm-hmm. However, forgiving myself, it was it, it took me it, it took me a long, longer time. Mm-hmm. So I think it was one time like Chris was like just praying one day at the church and just like god just get get all of like this guilt out of us and it just like all of a sudden clicked you know it's Mm -hmm. like um i cannot carry this guilt with me anymore i made a mistake i'm sorry god help me to don't Mm -hmm. make that mistake Mm -hmm. anymore because we all are sinners yes and it just clicked then i do go through phases of like um uh, I go through phases that I get sad or upset of what I did in the past, but then I remember that God has forgiven me and I just need to move on and mm-hmm. I just can't go on with holding to all that guilt in my life. Wow. So I, I just think someone listening right now needed to hear that, Heidi. That's mm-hmm. why I wanted to circle back around to it because so many people who know Jesus still carry around the shame and guilt of something that Jesus has already paid the price for them for. Right. He's already forgiven them. And they maybe have even said like, I let, let it go, but they're still going back and picking it up over and over and over again. And so I think like that is something we were not meant to live and carry shame and guilt in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think when she said that, I thought someone needs to hear that right now. There's something that you are carrying, you feel shame over that, that God has already forgotten about. Yeah. Not because God, he, he remembers, he knows everything. He's he's omniscient, but um, he doesn't hold it against you. Right. So why are you holding it against yourself? Yeah, that's really good. And I think everyone's walked through that at some point in yeah. their life of yes, the enemy wanting us to remember yeah. our old man, our old sin nature. Instead yeah. of remembering that when we accepted Jesus, we put on the cloak of righteousness right. as his word yeah. talks about. Yeah. 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 I think that's, um, I, I, I appreciate that you were honest enough to share that because yeah. I think everyone can relate to that. So good. And Heather to point out that, um, we don't have to live in that. Right. We don't have to live in shame. And so, and that it's not like she said, it wasn't just like, bam, everything. Right. She had to work through it. She had to fight for it and, and. You you don't ever get anything, I mean, very rarely, unless like you win the lottery, you know, you get something <laughs> instantly, but it, it, everything that's worth having requires hard work. And it's the same with our faith. Yes. We want total freedom. Can God do it miraculously? Absolutely. He can. But most of the time he requires us to go through the process of of refining, of working that out in ourselves, because that's actually how we get our healing. That's right. It's through that process. So I love that you pointed that out. Like you worked through it and you still have to sometimes go to the corner and pray and say like, God, I gave this to you. Keep it. Like take it. Don't Mm -hmm. let me pull this back onto myself. That's really good. That's really good. Okay. You, first of all, your boys are darling. Every time. I'm in a setting and someone new meets them. The first thing that comes out of their mouth is, oh my goodness, they are so darling. Thank you. And I'm waiting for the day when they actually um, recognize. Because, you know, right now our kids are very close friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they know that I have a young a daughter younger than them. Yep. <laughs> but someday it's going to click when they realize that Collins is quite darling. And so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if they... If they the know crushes start happening, if yeah. they know that they're friends or if they really think they're cousins and um, think she's off limits. 
They, they know they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the fact that Sharon thinks he's gonna have kids by laying eggs. So. <laughs> by laying eggs. <laughs> uh, tell us more. <laughs> oh my So yeah, he, he, we were one day talking, we were to, uh, talking in the car and like, oh, you're going to get old and older and you're going to get married. And then they were like, oh, mom, if we get old, we're going to come and still visit you every single day. And then slowly, slowly, I just got to the point that Kian said, well, I'm not going to get married because I don't need a wife. And then I told them, well, then how are we going to have kids? And the show said, well, we're going to lay eggs. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. my word <laughs> science classes health class is gonna be fun <laughs> in a couple of years we talked about that recently i think you were kind of like oh i think it hit you that you were gonna have to have those conversations yeah it, it will come soon <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so you and arash are two of the very 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 best people i know at opening your home to people and not just opening your home, but making people feel really valued when they're in your space. And the first experience I had of this was very shortly after we moved in next across the street from you, you sent me a text message and invited us over on an afternoon, the kids and myself, to watch the World Cup. Yep. And first of all, I was like, wow, that is so kind of her. She doesn't really even know us. But second of all, we walked in and the atmosphere you had created was so fun. You had set up decorations. You guys had face paint. You had the uniforms on and you had all sorts of snacks and drinks. It was so very intentional. And the first thought I had when I walked into your house was, I feel like she wants us here. Mm. And I don't feel that all the time when I'm in other people's homes, but I thought, I think she wants us here. And it was such a lovely time. And I remember texting my mom and my sisters afterwards. And I said, we had such a lovely time. It was so wonderful. And that's just one of very many examples I have of being in your home, of um, having your food, of you cook the most amazing Persian dishes, and it always is delicious and smells amazing. But you and Arash both love hosting people and you do it so well. Where does that come from for you guys? So part of it, is, it comes from the culture, like of an Iranian, how when we have guests, like we like the preparation like we always have like snacks uh, in iran is usually you, you always have a plate of fruit there and then like you take the fruit and you give it to the guests and just like serve them so that part of it comes culturally but um i was thinking about this question like where does it come from and i remember um i think i didn't mention when i was eight my dad passed away and I, as a child, I remember my dad, but now that I can say like what type of personality he had, I, I cannot remember that well. But there are some few stuff that for my dad, it just I just remember. One was he always liked to listen to very happy music and he would dance to it, which I take after him. Maybe that's why I remember that. <laughs> and the other thing was that he, we always had guests and he always loved to have people. He, he teached, um, he worked in the NIUC, which is the oil company in Iran. And he also taught English as a second language in, uh, um, in one of the colleges in the city that we lived in. 
And we always had like students coming over and like just hosting them. And we had like lots of people coming, we would go out for dinner. And then afterwards they would come to our house for fruit and tea. And I just remember those days, you know, and and then when he passed away and we moved to Tehran, the capital of Iran, at first I was really like lonely, but then slowly, slowly we started finding friends and uh, just inviting them over. And um, I just remember we had always we had someone at our house, you know, always mm. like hosting. And my mom wanted us to bring our friends because like that she could have a closer eye on us. And, <laughs> and it was like always for me, it was like find someone to throw a birthday party for them. I, I don't know. It was just like it just came so natural all the time. Like for my friends, I have two friends. We have been friends for 20, one of them 22 years and one for 23 years. And we were like sisters, like did everything together. And they would always come to my house. And sometimes I would get upset, like, Marjo, why you don't come to our house? You always invite us over to your house. Like, I don't know. It just feels good when I, I like make food for you and do stuff like this for you. So, and then I think it just, when I grew up, it just came it just translated however mm. on the other hand Arash uh, comes from a very um um I, I don't know if the close uh, from a closed family like they do do I, I mean they they see some aunts and uncle but not that much you know they don't their parents do not have much friends and they they usually just them you know yeah, stay and, more to themselves yeah, yeah stay more to themselves but I think just Arash, when we got married, he just liked the idea of like, okay, it's fun to have people and host them and just, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you do it so well. You're One of the things that we love the most is when we first got to know you, you um, asked if we could come over and you were going, you asked if we would want to have any of your Persian food. And Kip and I were like, uh, yes, we are all in. And you you teased with us, although now I know that it's truth, that you kind of made us like a level one meal, yes. like um, <laughs> not too crazy. But the fun thing about you is that my kids think that you have like the corner on the market for making rice <laughs> and they call it Miss Marajan's rice. So one day recently I was ill and you knew it and Crosley shouts up the steps. He says, mom, I have the best news. Miss Marjan just dropped off her famous rice. <laughs> and, you know, it was just cute because I thought here it's, it's white rice, but my kids know that you put so much love and care into the foods you make for us. And so they all love it. But we've had so many meals in your home that we've now made it up to what level are we at of Persian food? I guess I can say that you guys graduated with eating the lamb's head. So we're graduated almost. You yeah. Oh, can we start back over? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are f foods that I can make, but um, yeah, I'm not sure if your kids will eat it. So that's why. <laughs> so yeah, we did have a very unique meal in your home, and I was not sure how I was going to feel going into it. Tell us about it. Okay, so we have a special breakfast, not that we don't eat it every day, it's just like um, you go to a restaurant, you eat it, and it's a lamb's head, you like cook that, and mm -hmm. then you separate the meat and the tongue, and part of the eye, and all this, all of the good stuff, yeah. and you eat it for breakfast, and let me say that not all Iranians will eat it, like my sister-in-law will not even 
even eat a bite of it. She does, she hates it. But um, it's my uh, ashes and my favorite food. So you were brave enough <laughs> to come in our house and it? eat it. Oh, of yeah. course I did. I have this rule that I will try anything. Yeah. And but I I told her I said I'll try anything. I'll be honest if I don't like it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I love this if I don't. And I did. I tried it and I I genuinely loved it. Like I I think I had three helpings that night. Yeah, it it it's, sounds crazy, but at the end of the day, it doesn't. It, it tastes good, you know. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we eat lots of animals that sound crazy to eat too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can name lots of things that people eat every single day that some people would think, yeah. some cultures would think, why why in the world would you eat that? Well, my family eats a lot of venison. You know, it's like right. the most organic meat you can eat, and yet most many Americans won't eat venison. So right. you know, there's that, but. Anyway, I just wanted you to know that God has used your family um, to really help a lot of people feel loved in your home. And that's a gift. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that that's a gift that that you are stewarding really well. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to point that out in you so that as you continue to do that, as you continue to have people in your home, in your space, you understand that God is using you in a really in a way that might feel ordinary to you, like you're just making them a meal. Mm -hmm. But to you, it feels really good. And to the people receiving it, it also feels mm -hmm. really valuable and really yeah. special to be in your space. So don't ever discount um, where God's got you. Yeah. You know, even here in a culture you didn't grow up in, you're you're making an impact. And it's, um, it's noticed. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we started this show talking about 2020 and what a crazy ride that's been. So tell us a little bit about how it's been for you. So I guess uh, 2020. So the coronavirus hit Iran <laughs> a few months before it hit here. It got like so serious here. So we were like hearing stuff a lot and we were like looking and like listening to news and following it. And of course, we talked every Saturday and Sunday with Arash's mom. So we are like... We were like really update about it. And at first it was crazy. It was like, well, we don't know what is it. We have to have like keep our distance. And um, But slowly, slowly it just came out like, you know, we just need to calm down. We all need to calm down. And it, it's, it's crazy because like um, people, they have their own different ideas and they feel like, okay, if we don't have the same idea, we're going to like fight about it or mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. However, uh, as much as people, they see the ugliness, I see that now people understand and value each other more. Mm -hmm. Like um, I remember in Iran when it was New Year, we had to see our family members like for 13 days every single day because like we, we celebrate New Year for 13 days and we start from the older member of the family and we all go to visit like for instance our grandmother and then it's like our oldest aunt and then it's the oldest uncle and we just go down and we see each other for 13 days. And on the fourth day, it's like, oh, I hate to go to another <laughs> because you, like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? We have seen each other for four days, like for hours. <laughs> and everybody always complained about it. And this year when um, it was Iranian New Year, which it was March 21st, 
I, I would see on like the social media, everybody putting down, oh, we miss our aunt, we miss our uncle, and this is bad. And, and, and I was like giggling, like, see, you are always complaining about it. Every year around this time, you just get ty- tired and complain about it. Yeah. And now that, that you cannot do it, you are upset. And I think it just brings people closer to value each other like yeah. you you had it and you didn't value each other now that you don't have it now it's like oh I miss that person and I think it's just a positive way to see how God works in our life and let us see like how much we are valuable to each other yeah. rather than being always upset of like um, well it's hard or I don't have the time or I don't have the patience and so that's how I view tw- 2020. I think that's <laughs> that's the best perspective on 2020 I've heard yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. So be careful. Heather is the teaching director for church. And if you preach, yeah, I might make, make you get on stage. Yeah. Preach that word. When you say really wise things in front of her, she tends to put you on stage. So I, I think that will never happen. I will melt <laughs> off them. That's um, the other mistake you just made. You said that will never happen. Yeah. Hashtag okay. your homeschooling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet friend. This has been a fun hour. Yeah. It has flown you. by. And um, thank you for coming on our podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I love... Um, I get to hear your stories, but I love that you have had the opportunity to share it on a public platform and um, just to talk about how God's wired you. And I think it's so unique to hear about different cultures. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my favorite things of being around you is uh, when you speak Farsi, specifically to your boys, and it sounds very strict and very authoritative. And I always look at you and say, what did you just say? Because whatever you say they mind. And so I want to hear some of that. I was just going to say, before we sign off, give us a sentence in Farsi, whatever, it could be whatever you want it to be. Okay. And what did you say? I said, I love you a lot. Oh, I love that. So I think you maybe are one of my favorite guests we've ever interviewed. Well, thank you. Your story is just it's so beautiful and it's so unique and I love your perspective on all of the things that you've experienced in your life and I like your voice too. Thank you. <laughs> you're going to listen to it and say... I'm all like blushed up now. No. You're going to listen and you're going to say, God gave me such a beautiful voice. That's what you're going to think. I'm yeah. going to speak that over you. Yeah. <laughs> well, friend, we love you. We're so glad you were here and I am confident that something you said is someone listening right now is just in a puddle because you said exactly what they needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you thank for you. your sweet friendship. Thank you for having me here. And Heather, I love hearing from people who experience other cultures. Yeah. I think it is so important for our own perspective. I agree. To see what's in front of us, what God's doing Maybe things we need to tweak so that we see others better yes. um, or serve others better. So if something you said or, or something that was said today resonates with you as a listener and you have questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. I know Marjan has such a heart for people and I know that she would have, um, she would take time for you just like Joyce took time for her. Yeah. If you, if there's something that you need, 
Um, and for Heather and I, the same. We are here for you. You can find us on Instagram at the H&H Hour. You can also find us in our private accounts, which is Heather E. Taves. Yeah. And that's T-O-E-W-S. Right. And I'm Heidi Bolt on Instagram. So message us if you've got anything or if you need prayer, because we really will pray for you. Yeah, so. we've had a couple of listeners reach out just recently and um, introduce themselves, people mm-hmm. we didn't know. And and explain, you know, a little bit about their story and ask for prayer and then just, you know, connect with us. And we love that. We do. We really love yeah. to hear from people who are listening. A lot of times it does feel a little bit lonely behind this microphone. Like, is our, is this connecting with people? And so mm-hmm. when you share this mm-hmm. um, on your social media, other people find it. You know, mm-hmm. that was one of the one of the people that reached out and said, like, a friend shared your show and I found I found your show. And yeah. it was it was really encouraging to hear that. And so share this with someone, um, or reach out to us either way. We love it so much. So thank you so much for listening and we will chat with you next time.